Living elemental is just another way of saying living a life more balanced. It's ensuring that you have all of those um, all of those elements in balance and they're fire, water, wood, earth, and metal. Um, in feng shui, in a home or interior space, as a designer and a feng shui practitioner, I ensure those elements are present and balanced in your space, but it really can be applied to all of your life. Welcome to the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. I'm Lianne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts, from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm, to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back, beautiful souls. I'm Lianne. I am the host of the Spiritual Shift Worker podcast. I'm so happy that you're here today. And I'm excited to share this conversation that I had with my friend Sarah. Sarah and I met, uh, interestingly enough, in a group uh, coaching program on how to create a podcast. So we obviously had that in common, but also our spiritual journeys. And this conversation with Sarah weaves so much of that in. But what's super cool is that Sarah is a feng shui consultant and she enjoys creating spaces for her clients of varying design styles. And uh, her best work is showcased when empowering her clients to make bold, intentional design choices that support and nurture the mind, body, and home. In this conversation, Sarah explains how much our home is an extension of us, just like our work is, we discuss, but also like being able to have our home decluttered, having to have our, all the elements of the universe and the earth in our home to bring our energy in and to have an optimal life while we're in our home. And all of this really emerged uh, through the pandemic when Sarah was on her own spiritual, spiritual development and noted how essential the energy of our home is in supporting our healing and overall well-being. As I mentioned, Sarah applies the principles of Feng Shui, intuition, and nature's elements. It is such a cool conversation and, you know, we weave in uh, also how Sarah ended up creating her podcast and how she is really, we're always a work in progress. So I really hope that you learn something and take away something from this episode this week and maybe uh, listen to the tips that Sarah provides on where you can start in your home to make it a little bit, you know, more energetically aligned. Um, and she starts with, you know, just how obviously decluttering is super important. But take a listen, let me know what you think, share on social, and you can, of course, find all uh, Sarah's links and where you can find her in the show notes. So grab that Java. Let's get started. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? 
Hi, Leanne. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for being on the Spiritual Shipworker podcast this morning. I would really love for you to just introduce yourself to the listeners, um, where you are in the world, but also like what it is that you're really currently excited about. Mm, thank you. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm also excited to be here. Um, yeah, I'm over in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I'm born and raised here and um, moved away for a short period of time in Florida, but I'm back. Uh, and this is where my business is primarily, although I do offer some remote options too for specifically feng shui con- uh, consults. Um But I started my business back in 2017 as an interior designer, which was actually a second career path for me. Um, And now I've integrated feng shui and it's really become the foundation of my work. And um, so I'm really excited to continue to grow that. And, you know, just working with the, the feng shui of my own home, I just, it's like, it's constantly changing and evolving just as we as humans change. So it's just it, it feng shui for me has just kind of leveled up um, the design experience. So, you know, it, they don't traditionally have to work together. I think that's a question a lot of people have is if I work with my home's feng shui, do I also have to redecorate, mm-hmm. especially if there's tight budgets, that's not necessarily the case. They can be two very different things. Um, but I have found a really nice way to integrate them together in my business. So, um, I have some other things coming up in the works. The more I, um, you know, learn about feng shui, the more I implement things in my own home, um, I'm starting to put together some really cool things for the business. So that's probably what I'm most excited about. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, our other conversations, you know, about just creating space in our home and sacred spaces. And and I, I love this conversation because we spend so much time here. I mean, the two places we spend the most, right? If you're, if you work outside the home, it's, you know, you have your work home and then you have your home and it's so important to really be, you know, comfortable and, and we're going to get into that, but maybe for those who aren't really clear on what feng shui is, maybe you can just give a, a quick down. I know you can go really deep on that, but just a quick uh, sort of uh, description. Yeah. So feng shui literally translates to wind water and it originated in China over 5,000 years ago. And it actually originated as a way to select burial sites for like Chinese royalty. Um, And so there was a lot of emphasis on the geography and the land and the positioning of that burial site. And so It's really only rather recent that we have integrated feng shui into interior spaces. And it was brought over, I'd say, I think it was around in the 1980s, Mm, um, Mr. Lin had brought it over here to the U.S. So it's really a fairly new, I don't want to say a new concept or philosophy, but just how we integrate it into our everyday lives for the modern world, right? Mm. So. Basically, you're just as your body is um, an extension of your mind and your spirit, like your physical body, your home is also an extension of that as well. And that's really what I call the mind-body-home connection. And there's so many different ways in which um, you can we can translate that and uh, we can do so symbolically, we can do so literally, um, metaphorically speaking. 
And, you know, what's going on in your life is going to be playing out in your home. A lot of it is on a level that you're not even aware of. So working with a consultant is really a way to kind of bring to the surface some of the things you're looking to either change in your life, bring more of. Um, So we work primarily with different aspects of your life, and they're all represented somewhere in your home. And anything from your abundance and prosperity, you know, trying to make more money, trying to keep money from go so much money, keep going out every month, right? So that's something. Your career and your life purpose, we can work with that, how to set up your home to support that. Um, Anything from creativity, more travel, your relationships, healing from past relationships, even ancestral healing. I mean, there's so many different things that you could work with through the lens of your home and people work with, with other, you know, modalities to kind of heal these, these parts of ourselves. I just tend, I just have trained to do it through your home. Mm. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we look so much at, uh, overlook our space that we're in. Right. And I've, it's very much when our space is cluttered, um, you know, more likely than not, we're going to be cluttered in our, minds in how we approach things our day to day and so then adding in that taking the declutter out but also then figuring out how to I guess arrange and to design and bring those other elements in to our home can certainly help I love how you connected like the mind body spirit it's so important where we we disregard the things that we are just are always in right our space So you mentioned right at the beginning, this is sort of the second, this is a second career for you. How did, how did you shift out and what was it that before, was it more of a a necessary, a need to shift or was it a, it was more of a gut feeling? What was that for you? Yeah, I, it, it kind of started for me. I would say I started kind of waking up spiritually Um, And this really always, this really aligned when I started having children, Um, I just felt something kind of stirring inside of me. And um, for whatever reason, I still don't really know, it really started to play out in my career. Like that's where I felt really unsettled and unfulfilled. And even in my first career, I, you know, went down a lot of different paths. I trained clinically as an x-ray tech. And when I found out, you know, when I realized I didn't want to work hands-on with patients anymore, then I transferred into like IT and technology uh, and then became a project manager the last, you know, five to seven years of my tech career. And I found that a lot of that really translated into operating any business. I mean, design is really a lot of just project management. Um, I'd say about 10 to 15% of it is actual creativity. Mm. Um, So even though I transitioned into that second career of design and running my own business, I was still like really starting to question, okay, running my business feels like a a job still, like where's the create, when's the creative part going to happen? And I would joke all the time. And I've said this on many uh, podcasts that if I could find, it's not even a joke, but if I could find a way to um, blend my love for design and self-development work that would be like the ultimate. And that's really what I found through feng shui. So back to your question, it really was just kind of this awakening 
going on in my life in general. And I, I feel like the first way in which it played out was through, through my career and having children. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can resonate with that a lot. Um, you know, I, same thing. I had both my boys like a little later, uh, in life, in career, And it probably was, I would say the same thing where it's like waking up to this, okay, what is it that I really, really want to do? And even though I'm still in my, and I'm going to say quote nine to five, because it's not, it's, it's my policing career that I'm finding other things that are fulfilling me, bringing me more joy, but keeping that sort of as the, you know, the other life, but it's so important, right? So many people stick in these the careers that they're unhappy in and unfulfilled, unsettled, unsatisfied, like you said, and never really wake up. And I don't always like using that terminology, especially in the uh, sort of temperature that we're in right now, because it's misused, I feel. But I love that, that you've just really figured out a way to incorporate, you know, what you love and being able to serve in such a way. So, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that people feel the stir, but not everybody will kind of listen and take action on that. And I think that's probably the one thing that I did. Like it wasn't like there was no settling. Now that's kind of been my personality my whole life. Like I never settle. (laughs) I always wanted to be trying something new, exploring something new. Um, It's funny, like our living situation, I feel like our environment for me changes every 10 years. Like I start to get an itch, like, okay, 10 years is coming. Like, do we want to put the house on the market? Like, I mean, I, and I go big, you know what I mean? Like, I think in like these big ways, I want to move, I want to sell the house. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I, I I like to listen to my intuition and I I take action on what I feel called and move to do. So. Mm, Yeah. I like that. You said that so many people may feel it and, or it will develop in uh, the frustration, the overwhelm, and so much of that, those feelings comes from a not following that intuition, right? We we ignore it, and then all these not so great emotions roll up, and we are like, "Well, we can't, we can't leave the secure job because blah 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 blah." It's secure, it's safe. What will people think? The judgment, and I love that you're just. This is who I am, and these are the things. It's funny. It's funny you say about every few years we've been in our home, I guess, uh, 14 years in May. And uh, we live in a space where we don't really, our neighbors aren't close and our backyard, you see the trees. And so for me, it's never been, I don't need curtains. I don't need blinds. I like that minimalist open space. And my husband has been like, we need curtains all of a sudden. I'm like, why do we need curtains? We don't need curtains. It's very weird. But I see that he's like, we need to change it up. We need to do something fresh and bring some new energy into the space. So, yeah. And maybe we can get into that in a second about how the energy in our home affects everything. But um, let's talk a little bit first, just introduce your podcast. And because I love, I love the name. the living elemental podcast and maybe you can just share why that why you named the podcast that and what that means to you yeah thank you for that question because I struggled with naming it because I was thinking this might be a little foreign for some people to understand so I appreciate the opportunity to kind of explain it so 
One of the things we work with in feng shui is the five element cycle. And it's a philosophy that originated in Taoism. The five elements are found in everything in this universe. It's in our personality. It's in how we relate to people. It's in our homes. It's in how the way we work in the world through our careers. Um, You can find elemental attributes in all of those things. So it is nature's way of um, just being in the world. And you hear of the other element cycles, you know, there's the four, then there's some astrological ones, there's some in, you know, Vedic traditions. Um, But the one, the five element cycle in Taoism it differs because it works in a cycle where the other ones sort of stand alone and have their own properties. And um, you're either kind of like this archetype or not, where the five elements, you really need to integrate all five in order to be fully balanced. So to be living elemental is just another way of saying living a life more balanced. It's ensuring that you have all of those um, all of those elements in balance and their fire, water, wood earth and metal. Um, In feng shui, in a home or interior space, as a designer and a feng shui practitioner, I ensure those elements are present and balanced in your space, but it really can be applied to all of your life. So that was kind of the concept because I didn't want to isolate my podcast to just talking about interior spaces from a designer's perspective. I really wanted to kind of, as I mentioned, start speaking more about that self-development journey or spiritual journey that we're all on and be able to touch on all aspects of what it means to be a human in this world, right? And the things that hold us back and the things that, you know, we need to break free from. So the podcast gives me naming it that I felt gave me a lot more flexibility on where I could go with it, um, as opposed to just being, you know, an interior design or feng shui podcast. Mm, That is amazing. I think what you're doing, right, it's so important that people understand and the awareness that everything is connected. Everything is energy. There's so much that we can, we give our energy to away, or we take from other people, places, things. And that's why when I talked about the decluttering, right? Really uh, looking how we can not, you know, just discard or let go of tangible items, people, places, um, and release the energy that's attached to those items. And how, when we can do that, it really brings a sense, a different sense of living and getting back to understanding that we all are connected with the nature and the elements and how it all affects. I like how you mentioned as well, like the astrology and the sun and the moon, all of this works together. And I think that's where the spiritual aspect of things come up. And I like that you're embedding that and starting to bring that in that everything is connected. It is not a coincidence that, you know, we're here the cycle of life, the cycle of the planet, everything is just flowing and that we can better understand and use that to live a much more harmonized life. So, yeah, Yeah, we take all of these aspects of life and really the goal, the overarching goal, which isn't even always so obvious at the, at an initial consultation is that we're trying to heal something, you know, 
just like you are a ball of energy, so is your home. It's a living macrocosm, right, of this bigger universe. And so, you know, the land might need healed. The home itself might need healed. And while you're living in that home, you're you're absorbing some of that energy if it's present, right? So, and you mentioned decluttering, same thing. Like it's all connected. So is that mind, body, home, right? There's there is physical obvious clutter, what most people consider to be clutter. There is spiritual clutter. There's beliefs about your spirituality that you hold on to, or maybe you were raised a certain way that doesn't resonate with you anymore. That needs cleaned out. Um, Mental clutter, you know, staying focused at your work or trying to juggle all the things, being a mom and a business owner and a wife and whatever else. Um, So all of those things get addressed. And usually they're all connected. If you're experiencing physical clutter in your space, there's something cluttered in your body physically through maybe illness or disease, um, or maybe it is spiritual clutter. You are holding yourself back from expansion, or maybe it is mental clutter. You don't know how to move forward. So these are the kinds of questions that we, we help guide clients through as feng shui practitioners, because we never want to tell a client what to do. It's really about asking questions because when I ask the question, it makes you think about the answer. And that's what most people don't take the time to do. Mm, yeah. Self-awareness and self-contemplation, right? It really does. We all, we have the answers within us, everything it's that saying, but so often we don't sit with ourselves or have the questions sort of brought to our attention that this is where I need to really bring more awareness in any area of my life. And so I like that because when you, sometimes you go to, and I we're actually having a consultation with uh, some for blinds uh, tomorrow for my husband wants to get some blinds. So someone's coming, but it's going to be very interesting to see now after having this conversation about how they approach it, right? Is it just, Oh, this is what I think you should do. And I don't know what kind of, you know, elements they're going to bring in, but it really is a contemplation with everything and how we approach every area of our life. And I like that you bring that into your consultations where you're like, okay, well, you know, what is it that needs to be really addressed here and get to the root of the problem? And that's the same with, for meditation, right? For me, it's, it's about sitting and asking and contemplating, okay, where is it that this is in my body affecting me and what can I release? Mm. You know, I love that. Um, You mentioned, so I know the podcast was never, never really on your mind. Mm -hmm. And so why now? What was it that sort of activated something within you? Because you started, you launched in January, but what was it that triggered you to go, think this is what I need to do? Honestly, I still don't really know. I think it was like a divine thing. Honestly, I was scrolling on social media. A friend of Kathy Heller's, who's our podcast coach, um, had posted her link to a podcasting boot camp, And I'm, I'm, I have joked with other female friends in conversation, like, ah, this is great. We should start a podcast, but like never actually took it serious. And, um, I saw she was having the boot camp, and for whatever reason I clicked it 
and I joined the boot camp. And then Monday I showed up and I had never heard of Kathy Heller. She has a humongous following and I have never heard of her. Not, you know, and I day one of that boot camp, I was like, okay, I obviously need a podcast. <laughs> but so much started coming up for me once I took that initial step. Um once I, you know, bought into her program, the six month um program that we did to get our podcast launch or three to six months. I don't know what it was. Um, yeah. I said to my husband, I'm going to start a podcast. And he was like, this is crazy. Like you have so much stuff going on. Like I was starting an online shop selling decorative accents. I was rebranding my business. I was working with a developer to like redesign the website fully coming out as a feng shui consultant. Cause that, that was like a block for me too, was, you know, kind of coming out of the spiritual closet per se and taking a slightly different, uh, uh, path in interior design. Like that was a, a lot of that needed to be worked out um, for me. And I think through the podcast, I started to find my voice. I started to gain clarity. I started to just, I think for the first time I put like my thoughts on paper and I thought, wow, I have a lot to talk about. And, and it just, it, everything about it just flowed and it flowed quickly. And that's to me when when things just pour out of you like that, you can't deny that that's something bigger working for you. So I don't know where the podcast is going to take me, yeah. but just joining that boot camp and signing up for the program, I'm having so much fun with it, you know? And it's funny because I'm not at a point where my podcast is making me any sort of income. But it's like the only thing I want to do. Like, I want to do that more than I do anything else with my job and career. So it's fun and it's playful. And that's what keeps me, you know, doing it. So, yeah, I, I like that because it's so funny, right? Like it really it's almost the same scenario. Um, a good friend of mine who was on one of my earlier episodes, she's been in Kathy Heller's world for a while. And same thing. It was a big joke. Oh, maybe I should start a podcast. Um, and when Candace sent me the, she's like, Hey, just so you know, Kathy's having a boot camp." And I was like, Oh, okay. Like it was sort of the same thing. Okay. Let's just roll with this. And I am, I feel the exact same way is that I'm having so much fun. Um, I have so much to say and coming out of I like what you mentioned, things that you work through, right? Because I feel sometimes it's easy to, wanting to build something and be creative, it takes that, vul not always vulnerability, but being able to share what you really want to share, speaking your truth about your beliefs and what you stand for and your values. It takes a lot because there's always that fear of judgment and, and what are people going to think? Or, you know, they're going to be like, Oh, who does she think she is? That's the sort of the things that I've had to experience myself. Um, so I love that you're just, you know, going with it and it is when it's fun and easy, that is a total sign that just go with it and flow with it. And who knows where it, same thing, who knows where it will go. I already see since November that I'm starting to really evolve into this it's always been more of the spiritual approach on how we live our lives but really expanding on that and going we need to really look at everything together and come together and connect with all the energies so 
I love that. And one thing that you mentioned there about sort of coming out in, in rebranding, what was that for you? What was the fear of coming out as like, is there more, is there a religious, is it a perception that people think about Feng Shui that it is a religious thing or what was it for you that you felt you couldn't come fully out as that sort of the way that you wanted to build your business? You know, I think it was really, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a religious thing for me. Um, I think I was just being my own worst kind of enemy. You know, I think a lot of that was in my head. And I think the fact that a lot of people now are kind of in this space with sharing their voice and, you know, wanting more for themselves and, you know, breaking cycles of how we were raised and, 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 you know, just wanting to just be a voice now, because I think a lot of us repressed a lot of that. And I, and I guess I'll speak for myself a bit here. I, I held a lot of my opinion back because my opinion wasn't always valued growing up. So I know that was a huge thing I had to kind of break through. Um, how would I share this content? Like, yeah, I, I follow people that are living a spiritual life, but I, it's almost like when you kind of make that, that leap, I guess, um, into who you are becoming spiritually, it's almost like everybody you knew up until that point, I don't know about you, but I have been like, I wish I could just start over as like a new person. Like, I don't want to have to explain to anybody why I am the way I am. I just want to kind of like be who I am and and not look back. I hope I'm explaining that right. But I think it just took a little bit of courage to get over that hump to be like, that was who I was. And I'm grateful for that girl and that 20 year old that was wild and crazy and, you know, did all kinds of stuff that I wouldn't even consider doing now. You know, so I think just kind of honoring who you were and where you're going, it's a process and it takes courage to finally become that because the things you were saying, like, who does she think she is? Like, oh, yeah, I knew Sarah in her 20s. Yeah, she's a very different person now. Right. So I think just getting past that fear and judgment of what people might say. But here's the thing. Nobody's saying that. (laughs) I mean. Nobody's saying that. If anything, what I receive is you're so inspirational and I'm so proud of you. And it's like that negative self-doubt. That's what we have to overcome. Oh, yeah. You're a thousand percent right. No one, the only people, the only thing a person mind critic that's saying that is ourselves. Totally. Right. Because same thing, like, you know, when you don't hear any feedback or you don't get uh, the response, which again, we're not always, we, we don't need to look outside of ourselves for validation. That's not what I'm saying. But when you finally hear somebody say, this is great, amazing, good for you. It's like, yeah, okay. This, but you can do it too. But also like, no one is saying all that other stuff. And if they are, that's on them that they need to look and see why you're triggering them. In fact, I just did an Instagram live this morning about that, about when people trigger, when we get triggered by people, what it says about ourselves in the areas of our life that we need to work on and how it's like, okay, it's time to take a step back, but you're right. No one is. And again, if they are, that's on them, but 
the majority of the critic is ourselves in getting over those limiting beliefs that, well, who do I think I am to do this? And then having the faith and belief in yourself is you become limitless. You really do. Yeah. And I think just, I, and I, that's what I had to do. I had to get quiet. I had to step out of my old life for a minute. I had to detach from people, family, friends, relationships that in order to find myself again. And I think that's a natural process, but a lot of people are afraid to kind of take that first step. And, um, you know, over the last several years, I've been really working on developing my intuition and and just like, you know, clicking that link. I knew like that was an intuitive hit. That was click this link. It's the best thing for you. I have no idea where it's going because there's no way I possibly can. And that's what I said in the beginning. It was just something divine that just happened. Yeah. And you know, right. And we've talked, I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's that, that just, you have this knowing, um, and I've mentioned it before is that the name, the name, the spiritual shift worker came to me about last year, this time. And I didn't know what it meant, but I knew it felt really freaking good. And it was like, I got all the tingles and I got really excited, but I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know where, where, what I was supposed to do with that. And again, over time, and it came, it's like, this is, this is what I want to share. This is what I, and I'm always wondering, again, where did it come from? It doesn't matter, to be quite honest, right? We can, it's our intuition, it's our gut, it's divine timing, whatever. But then when everything just lines up, it's like, ah, when you look back, you go, oh, there were the breadcrumbs. And you are taking enough initiative to say, this feels good. I don't know why, but I'm just going to take the next breadcrumb and see where it leads me with no expectations, with no attachment. I think that that's, that's really important. What you just said there as well about letting, as you evolve, as we grow, as we become more of who we are meant to be, people will just fall away. Right. And to not, and to not judge that or feel bad about that and to honor where we've been. And to accept that everyone comes along our path for a reason for where we were at that, those times in our life and to be grateful and to sort of be happy when we look at those experiences, but to say, this is, this is who I am now. And it's okay to change. Do you find that a lot of people are afraid to change and become that who they are? For sure. For sure. I mean, I was for a long time. I mean, I'd say I'd probably been on this, you know, air quotes, uh, path for a decade now. Yeah. The first five years was just unsettling. There was just a deep unsettling in me. I was listening to Abraham Hicks and, you know, I mean, I've been listening to Oprah since I was like 12. I mean, yeah. being home from school, like yes. in middle school, like my favorite show to watch was Oprah Winfrey. And even at the time, maybe she had some, you know, a little bit different kind of show than she would have now, but still like there was just something about her that was very attracted to. So it's always been there. Um, But like I mentioned, it's kind of stirred when I started having kids and I just started reading self-development and listening to the law of attraction and just sent me down this path of opening my eyes to like a whole nother way of being living. And um, yeah, it's, it's finally now 10 years later, like I'm implementing that in the way I raise my kids, in my marriage, in my business. And 
it's starting to feel again, back to feng shui, all those areas of life and integrating who I truly am meant to be and who I'm happy being is starting to spill out into all those areas of my life. And Mm. that's when you feel like things are kind of coming complete. Now there's always going to be work to do, but now I have the awareness that there's always going to be work to do, that it's never finished. You're never going to get it done, but I like this path. I like this way of living. It's less stressful. There's more ease and flow, right? Oh yeah. You just totally like speak (laughs) my language. I love it. And so, yeah, back to feng shui. I love this conversation, (laughs) but where, where does like, where does somebody even start? I mean, obviously a consultation, but say with something really small that they could do um, in their home right now to make it more of that feeling of ease and just the energy. And maybe we can touch on the energy aspect. We know we sort of mentioned it, but where is one area that somebody could start simply today? Yeah. So sometimes this is a great question because it does come up because it can be overwhelming, especially if you're living um, with a lot of clutter. I mean, that's an overwhelming situation for a lot of people. It's overwhelming for me and I don't even have a lot of clutter. I mean, I just, before we sat down to record this, I like cleared my desk because it was just gross. I was like, I can't sit like this anymore. So it is, it's unsettling. So an area that I like to always say is a great place to start is in your bedroom. Your bedroom represents you, regardless if you share it with a partner or not, your bedroom represents that intimate part of you. So if you're looking to make some changes in your life, you can really, the first thing is always decluttering, no matter what we're talking about, what the issues are we're addressing, it's removing what no longer resonates with you. Um, In the bedroom, really important things are no electronic devices. Um, I'm a big proponent of removing TVs. That's a hard one for people, but it's, it's necessary. Um, no working in the bedroom. I see a lot of desks and offices now in children's spaces. It's a little different, but having like your desk set up, um, where you do like your primary work at your office is, isn't typically good, um, because your bedroom should be a place of yin energy. It should be restful. It should be calm. It should incite sleep, right? So um, workout equipment is another one. Anything that's very like yang energy, right? We don't want that in the bedroom. So decluttering, removing, clearing out under the bed. Um, It's okay to keep maybe you know, if space is tight, maybe extra linens and towels, like nicely in like a Tupperware container under your bed, but really cleaning out under the bed so that the chi and the energy can really flow and circulate, um, especially while you're sleeping. Um, what else could I say about the bedroom? Just being really mindful of bed positioning. Um, again, it's really about that chi energy and how quickly it's moving. Um, is it stagnant? If it's stagnant, that means we need to clean, clean out all the corners, everywhere the dust settles, right? In the corners of your rooms and literally sweeping away debris, um, is a great practice. Um, having the bed not in, uh, in alignment with the door, just because of that rushing chi energy while you're sleeping, um, you kind of want to have it offset and you want to be able to see the door. In feng shui, that is called the command position. We um, we set that up with your desk, your bed, 
and your stove. Those are your three power positions in your home. So always make sure you're facing the door and you hear that even, you know, a lot of people need to see the door when they're in a restaurant or, yeah. you know, um, or when, you know, at, when you're working, having your desk face the door. If you think about like a corporate office building, the director has his office or his desk facing the door. He can see what's coming at him for the day. Whereas everybody else is working in the cube with like, you know, their backs to everything. So you can kind of see that like hierarchy too um, when we're talking about power positioning. Um, but in the bedroom, it's just important. So you don't have rushing chi coming into the room right on you while you're sleeping. So being kind of offset from the door, but that you can see the door. Mm. Um, if you have a partnership or, or let's say you don't have a partnership and that's something you want to work on is kind of like your love and relationships, just having kind of, you know, equal nightstands and lamps. The bed is big enough for two people. The closets and the dressers aren't packed to the brim and there's space to invite another partnership into, into the relationship. So um, these are just some very basic feng shui tools, but the bedroom is a great place to start and being mindful of, of um, artwork that you have in there. It's really not, you know, it's not like great to have like pictures of your kids and stuff it's especially if you're if you're married or in a relationship just really creating that intimate space for just you and your partnership um having things in pairs of two if that's again something you're either inviting into your life or trying to just if you are already in a relationship just kind of keeping things more loving and sweet and intimate um having pairs of two so equal pillows um, artwork, you know, you don't want like the lonely lady, like lounging on a chaise in your photograph, you know, who's lonely and tired, you know, you want pairs of two, a happy couple holding hands, looking at the sunset, you know, that's very, yeah. basic. <laughs> but just to give you an idea. So just being mindful of the symbolism in your space is really what you want to look at. Mm. Interesting things. I mean, I, I think, very always I've always heard about the doorway and never really understood the real you know the concept behind it um but all all those things are interesting it's interesting when you talk about the balance and I I get all of that in this concept right of having that balance between the yin and the yang and just being able to have it all flow and yet I don't always adhere to that that word but in this concept I think it's it's extremely important right to keep everything in balance when it comes to the energy but on the other aspect of things how do you personally other than obviously cleaning cleaning your desk getting rid of the declutter but as far as the work life like you do you work at home and then sort of having the harmony between that and the kids and building the business and the podcast all the things because I think we're very similar in that I want to do all the things like adding one more thing. Like I, same thing. My husband was like, okay, start a podcast. What about the other five things that you started that you didn't finish? And to that, I'm like, well, I'm no longer aligned with those things right now, but this feel is feeling really good. But how do you find sort of the harmony right now in your life? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely still, and probably always will be a juggle. And the interesting thing, the interesting thing that has come up for me in having the podcast is I don't necessarily claim to be the expert 
I, there's kind of this part of me that I want to talk to people because this is what I need help with too, you know? So not only am, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of like the conduit, right? Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. yes. Like, but I need it too. Like I tell clients, like I'm holding your hand, I'm walking you through this process and I'm learning and growing with you. Right. Um, So it is a juggle and, you know, there are things that I have to do. And if I don't do them, I, I feel it. For example, in the morning, once the kids, I drive the kids to school. So once I get back, it's like coffee time and podcast time and that listening to other podcasts. So I listen to a podcast, I make my coffee. And as I'm walking around the home, I'm picking up everybody's things lots of socks all over the place all the time. So um, just doing a pickup, the dishes are done, the dishwasher's loaded, unloaded. There's a load of laundry most days going in or out. Um, Beds are made. There's just something about when I come out of my office, because even though I work from home, I'm very dedicated. I am in the office and there are days I don't come out. I come out to refill my water, you know, and that's about it. Hopefully with the weather breaking, I'll be able mm. to get outside some more. I can't wait to work on my sunroom. But um, having that morning routine is priority. And if I don't do it, when I come out of this office at 3.30, when I have to go pick up the kids, I'm stressed. And then they're coming home from school and I'm still picking up and doing things and being busy. And that's not, that, that doesn't help anybody. So my morning routine is important. My nighttime routine is important. important. How I begin and end my day has to happen or it's just not going to work before I even take the kids to school. I'm up an hour before them reading, meditating, whatever, um, feels right for me in that morning. And before I go to bed, I mean, we're up, we're up to bed about eight 30 at night, mm-hmm. all of us devices off the kids. I always tell them you can do something creative. You can journal, you can, um, you know, play in your rooms, uh, or read a book but it's like an hour before bed is quiet in your own space. Yeah. But that's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's a little bit selfish, <laughs> but you know what? It's, it's helping them to establish yeah. good habits rather than swallow, you know, swiping on YouTube for an hour before bed. Like that's not good for anybody. No. So before bed, when I wake up, those are the two like prime time, um, prime time part, parts of my day that I have to integrate where the day is just trash. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. Right. And I like so many people and I've done a podcast episode on the whole like morning routine, even if again, as a shift worker, it doesn't, you just have to have some sort of routine whenever it is that you wake up mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the bed one, because bedtime routine, because your end of day is going to promote how your next morning is going to go, right? Like for me, a lot of meal, like prepping things and being prepared when I have to leave early in the morning, it is that just awareness that it's like, I'm going to start my day off really well if I do these two things at night in order to make my day go smoother and then have the intention that when you wake up, I need to do these things for myself. And same thing, like there is no, there is like shut the TV off, go to your room, read for 15 minutes, and then just like chill and bring everything down. And we don't need to be overstimulated all the time. So I love that you've got that sort of is bringing more of the harmony and downtime into your life to be able to be the best 
you know, mom, business owner, wife, everything. We have to be able to take care of ourselves. And even when the kids get home, you know, they come home to a clean home, just like clutter and mess and disarray. I mean, it plays on us in in ways that we don't always are, that we're not always aware of. So for them to have, you know, their beds made when they go upstairs is comforting to them. They're 10 and eight. So they're still young, but they, you know, they know how to make a bed and on the weekends, that's their job. But during the week, it's part of my routine. It's something I want to do for them. And I just trust that when the time comes, they're just going to automatically do it because they know it feels good or, or they know when it's not done, something feels off in here. Right. And same thing with the living room and the, you know, communal spaces. It's just always having it just cleared away put away. And that plays on everyone living in the home. You know, there are times where I wish everybody would help a little bit more, but then I've had to step back from that and be like, you know what, this is more me than anybody else. Like for my own, like sanity, it needs to be this way. Um, So I have to sometimes put myself in check, (laughs) but I like it that way. And so that's the way I keep my home. I like that you just said that because some people would perceive that as being a bit of a control freak or, you know, anal or whatever, but it's like, no, I know how this makes me feel. It's not like you're just doing it to do it, to, uh, to control the situation. You're doing it because you have intention and you know how it feels and then not judging others for not doing it is important. Right. And accepting the fact that this is me. I like it this way and I'm going to do it. And whether or not, like you said, the kids will, will understand because it's been modeled for them that they will start to realize that it's, you know, as they get older, I feel better. I feel better when this is done. I feel better when I do things this way. I want more of that good feeling. So yeah. yeah. This just happened last night, actually. Um, we were reading, I was reading in bed and I, I said, the kids, that same line, like go read, go, you know, doodle, do something. And about five minutes later, my son came in and he's like, mom, do you mind if I read in here? And I was like, yeah, why? He's like, I don't know. My room is like, I can't focus on the book and his room is, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't play with toys anymore. So his room isn't usually messy. It's usually just dirty clothes and cluttered desk. but um, you know, it's enough that he's noticing And that was enough for me. That was validation for me to know, okay, it's working. (laughs) It's working. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's so funny you say that because my eight-year-old, completely different. Sorry, he's not, he's not eight. He's nine. um, Completely different than his older brother. Doesn't like he is the, I don't know if it's the second child syndrome, but wants to keep everything. And he is just starting to realize um, and even said to me, mommy, we really need to clean my room. There's things that I need to get rid of. And I'm like, ah, he's starting to feel that because he plays a lot with his little toys and that's fine. I don't care if you don't put them away, buddy, but it's the other stuff. That's just this. And I don't want to say hoarding, but he just likes to hold on to things. And again, I don't know if it's a second child thing or he, he needs it to feel safe. Um, but he's starting to realize he doesn't need it. And he's like, okay, these things can go in the garbage or or we can release these to, you know, my, my, someone else that is younger. So yeah, when, when we model these things um, and are consistent, people, people pay attention. 
Yeah, they do. And my daughter's the same. She just turned eight and she's the same way. She has holds on to everything. And um, it's it's a challenge for me because of my personality. But again, it's just, it's awareness in the fact that we are all different. We mm-hmm. all function differently in this world. And so that's been a little bit of a lesson for me. Um, but same thing, we'll periodically just go through her space. And when I'm engaged with her, when we do it together, it really is helpful. You know, it's really, I think a lot of parents, at least, you know, the way I was raised, go clean your room, go clean your room, go clean your room. And it's like, they can't, it's like too overwhelming, especially because if you're telling them to clean the room, it's beyond a point that they could probably handle the task themselves. Yeah. You know, um, I'm seeing her get better and better the older she gets, but it's still a challenge for her. It's a challenge for me. There are times I have to like not look as I'm walking past her room because it sends me into a tizzy. Yeah. You know, I think doing it with them, understanding that that it's okay to let things go. We don't have to. And I mean, there's so much that could be playing into that, you know, I mean, you could get into a lot of stuff, you know, past life things or ancestral things that have been passed on, you know, who knows what's really at play there. So just having that awareness and kind of holding their hand through the process is really helpful as parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just accepting that, that, that there are little humans that, like you said, they've come here to experience this human experience on their own terms, their own path. And we're, we're along for the ride. Like we've chosen each other for a reason, but um, I learned so, so much from my number two. So <laughs> Sarah, I've loved this conversation so much, and I would love for you just to to share where people can find you and follow you and all the things. Yeah, thank you. Um, My website is the best place. Everything is housed there. So jadescottdesign.com. Jade Scott is the the, um, middle names of both my children. So just for a little FYI how the name became. But um, so jadescottdesign.com. We have an online shop where we sell... um, decorative accents and um, spiritual tools that you can use to integrate into your home. So you'll find that you'll find information on the podcast and really any social media channels at Jade Scott design. You can find me there as well. Amazing. And of course, all of that, I will put in the show notes. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, I just think that more people need to really just reach out and follow you and really get their home and that all that energy balanced and find that their life will literally flow much better. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Leanne. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Ship of Group podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shiftworker and on Instagram at Lyanne Magahi. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.